Well, what's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great and having an incredible weekend. My name is Aaron Olinsky. I'm the lead pastor here at Grace, and I'm so glad that you're here. I hope that you've been feeling God's presence. I hope that you feel the Holy Spirit uh, in this service and a, a part of us and our church and who we are. And one of the things that we love to do is we love to share great news. And so we have some wonderful news that we want to share with you. Over the past uh, month or so, we've been doing interviews uh, with different candidates to hire. Uh, and so I am really excited to announce that we have hired a full-time student pastor. And so the student pastor will cover birth through high school and, and possibly college as well. And so that's something we're really excited about, to hire somebody full-time to cover those areas. For us as a church, it's an amazing opportunity. It's a, you know, kids are extremely, and teenagers are extremely important to us. Uh, as a church, it's a high value, and so we wanted somebody to be able to target those specific age groups. And so what I'm excited to share with you that Johnny Block, uh, who is from Missouri, uh, is now on staff at Grace Church, and him and his family uh, will be moving here over the next couple weeks. Uh, and if you see the picture, they have, uh, him and his wife Jessica have four children, five years and under, so they have a five-year-old boy, they have two twin girls that are three, and then a two-year-old, so those of you families out there where you got little ones and they're close together, like you, you're going to have something in common with them, and so they are wonderful people, uh, we did several rounds of interviews, and we love them, and, and they're excited to, to come here and be here, I mean, he even went to the, to the point where one of his references was the mayor of the town that he lives in, so I'm like, what's up with that, like, come on, like, you know, he, we got to bring this guy, and so we're really excited about them as a couple and, 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 and him being a, one of the pastors on staff here at our church, and so I just wanted to share that with you. That's great news. I mean, we're, we've, we've been going through some transition, right, as a church. It's just no, normal, you know, for every organization or church to experience that, and so we're excited uh, about what God is doing, and I'm excited about today because today we're going to be wrapping up our series on Elisha, and I know many of you have been coming several weeks and have been sharing great feedback with me about what God is doing and, and the things that have stood out to you. Uh, and so I just wanted to share with you in this final week of the series, we're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 6. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open those up, 2 Kings 6. Uh, if, if you have your uh, Bible app on your mobile device, you can go ahead and open up that. But I've been praying uh, over the course of this series and for today that God would speak to you. Like that, I believe that God has a word from him through his Holy Spirit for every single one of us, and it's very specific. And so I'm praying that like, if you haven't gotten that yet, that today would be a result where God would communicate to you a story of ridiculous faith, not for Elisha, the prophet who is dead and gone, that we read and, and, and the scripture is going to be amazing and powerful, but for you, for your life now, here in this day. In this week, in this time frame, in this season that you're in, a story of ridiculous faith. Because when you read Elisha's story, it's incredible what God did through him. And it just was amazing. Where, I mean, th there was a time where, where there was a town that didn't have clean water. They didn't have water that, that they could drink. It was actually poisoned or bitter. And so God enabled Elisha to, to bring clean water and, and to make that well clean again so they could have water. Then there was another time that Elisha raised uh, a little boy back to life, and it's like, what? Are you kidding me? If you're the parents of that kid, you're pretty excited about that happening. And, and then there was a time when there was an army attacking, and, and he, God allowed Elisha to blind the entire army. So there's just so many miracles that happened in Elisha's life, and so we've been covering several of those. Uh, and so today we're going to be talking about something specific, uh, and, and the aspect where sometimes we lose things 
right? We lose our spiritual edge. And so maybe you, maybe you're one of those people where you lose things, right? You just, you just kind of would admit that. You're like, hey, you know, sometimes you lose your keys, you lose money, you lose your wallet, you know, your phone, you just kind of lose stuff, it just kind of disappears. Uh, or, or maybe you're, you're like me, like you, you look for certain things, you spend time looking for them, but you don't see them, right? They might be right in front of you. It's like, I'll open up the refrigerator and go, where's the milk? <laughs> it's right in front of you. And so it's like, oh my gosh, you love that. I know, I know. So, uh, so like literally the milk is right there and I'm like, oh, there it is. And so I, I'll look for tools in my garage and I'm going, where's my crescent wrench? And I'll, I'll kind of like look around for a little bit. I'm like, oh, there it is. You know, so sometimes we lose things. Sometimes we struggle looking for stuff. And if you would be willing just for one moment to put your pride aside and put your hand in the air and say, you know what? I am one of those as well. Go ahead and put your hand up. Yeah, so many hands, so many of us, a lot of us, we lose things, we forget things, we don't see it, I get it. And so today, we're going to be focusing on the aspect that sometimes we lose things that are spiritual. Like we lose our spiritual edge, or it's right in front of us, and we just don't necessarily see it. And so maybe you've lost that passion for God. Maybe you had it at one point in time, right, and you've lost it. It just has, has dwindled a little bit. Right? Maybe that spiritual fervor that was once inside of you has, has now kind of like dampened a little bit. And, and you know, we, sometimes we talk about having, having the fruits of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, and patience. And, and we're going, joy? Like, I don't have any joy. I used to have joy, but I don't have her anymore. Like, she's gone. And, and so maybe you talk about having faith. And you just, you're going, man, this whole series has been about faith. And I, I, like, I don't have any. I'm just tired and weary. And, and my faith is just, is just gone and, and eradicated. And so we've covered significant ground over the course of this series. And we're going to wrap it up in a powerful way. But in week one, we talked about the fact that we, we have to burn our plows you know, where, where God gives us a calling in our life, and we've got to burn those things and leave them behind and pursue after him relentlessly. And then there's times when we're dry and we're weary, and, and, but God calls us to action. And so we dug ditches in week two, and then God sends the water of replenishment. And then la if you were here last week, we, we talked about a widow that, that was literally losing everything, and, and, and God allowed supernaturally this olive oil to, to multiply. And, but he was, he was saying, get empty jars, empty jars to fill those jars, and so we're those empty jars. And so today, we're going to talk about getting our spiritual edge back. And so let's take a moment, and let's pause, and let's pray, and ask that God would speak to us this morning. And so God, we look to you. Lord, we can come up with great stories and examples and analogies that we resonate with, but Lord, I pray that you would communicate through your Holy Spirit right now in the areas of our life where we are just, we're not sharp. Lord, we need to be honed in. Uh, Lord, we just want you, we want more of you, and God, I ask that you would communicate through your word, that it would literally come alive inside of us, and that we would experience your spiritual transformation that you've designed for us. And so we love you, and ask that you'd speak through me as we dive into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So in covering the, the story of Elisha, you know, I talked about early on that he was, a, he was mentored by Elijah. He was following Elijah for a period of time, and so Elijah has passed away. Elisha is, is in full command, full authority, leading, leading strongly. And so what the Lord always calls us to do is when he gives us certain giftings, he wants us to then take those and pour those into other people. 
And so Elisha was a mentor, uh, or mentored by Elijah, and so now Elisha is mentoring other students. He has other attendants and servants and, and students. He basically has come up with uh, an academy, a leadership school, a ministry school. He, he, he's got his own college. You know, he's, got, he's the professor, and there's students that are following him around, and he's teaching them and training them. And so that's the context of, of what, is, what is happening in this scripture. And so let's take a look at 2 Kings chapter 6, starting in verse 1. It says, One day the group of prophets came to Elisha and told him, As you can see, this place where we meet with you is too small. Let's go down to the Jordan River where there are plenty of logs. There we can build a new place for us to meet. All right, he told them, go ahead. Well, please come with us, someone suggested. I will, he said. So he went with them. When they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. But as one of them was cutting a tree, his axe head fell into the river. Oh, sir, he cried. It was a borrowed axe. And so we understand what's going on, right? We have the students, they're building a building, right? They're all doing this together because the ministry's growing. You know, his leadership is effective. People are going, wow, Elisha's doing all these things. You know, mommies are telling their sons, like, you need to go be with him and follow him for a little while. And so it's growing. And here they are, they're chopping trees with axes. And all of a sudden, you know, this guy's axe head basically flies off the handle and lands into the Jordan River. Now, I don't know if you've used an axe before, but you can imagine if you're swinging, right, and all of a sudden, and you go, and you pull back, and the, it goes like flying, you know, everybody's ducking, and it's dangerous, and all of a sudden, you know, it splashes in the water, and like, you're going, what, what am I going to do now? And so, during that time era, iron, you know, that they used for access was extremely valuable, right? They didn't have a ton of resources like this at times, so this was a big deal. And so, and the student uh, that lost him was a student. Like, I don't know what it was like for, for you if you have, if you were in college or if you have friends in college or, you know, you, you have a college student right now, but oftentimes college students don't have a lot of expendable income. You know, it's just they have student loans, they're eating ramen noodles, and so here you have this student, you know, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? And so, and then on top of that, it's not even his axe. Like, it's somebody else's that he borrowed, and he's going, oh my gosh, like, what in the world am I going to do? And so Elisha steps in, and we continue in verse 6. Where did it fall? The man of God asked. When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it into the water at that spot. Then the axe head floated to the surface. Grab it, Elisha said, and the man reached out and grab it, grabbed it. So here's the deal. Like, I got to be totally honest. Uh, when I read all the miracles that God does through Elisha, I'm like, oh, he, he raised the boy from the dead. That's amazing. He made the olive oil, like, multiply. That's incredible. This one stumps me. Like, this one, let's just be very honest. It is very odd. It is just an odd miracle. It's strange. It's different. You're going What's the deal? And, and so we look at that and we go, is that even possible? Physically, no. Uh, and and to, be real, to be open, like that's exactly what a miracle is. A miracle is beyond the natural, where it's supernatural and only God can do it. And so to me, I'm going, all right, I know that God can do this. God can do absolutely anything. He speaks things into existence from nothing. He brings healings and restoration, does incredible things. And 
for some reason, he wanted this iron axe head to float back to the surface for this college student. And so when we look at this and we go, man, that's strange, it's different. But what does it mean for us? Right? When, when, what does it mean for us in this day and age, in this time? And, and so what, are, what we're going to be talking about is just our spiritual edge and how God wants to bring that back in our life. Because God knows how to help us find what we did not mean to lose. And so sometimes we lose things or we don't see them and we didn't intend for that to happen. And God is very capable to bring those back and bring them to the surface. And so if you've lost something, right? If you've lost something on a spiritual level and you feel that, like you're experiencing that right now. I mean, our God and who he is, he is all about restoration. He wants to restore us back to what he's called us to. And, and kind of the phrase that, that I want to use is like he helps us find our edge, right? It was an axe head that flew off, and God helps us find our spiritual edge, and we can get that back. And so I just want to ask you, you know, are you at the place where possibly you have lost your spiritual edge? And so some of you are going, yeah. And there are other of, others of you where you're going, No. Like, honestly, like Pastor Anna, I feel great. I feel connected to the Lord. I feel pretty sharp. And that's awesome. Like, that's amazing. It's incredible. I've been in that place before, and I love it. It's, it's like, it's, an, it's a wonderful place to be. And so I would just encourage you to keep going. Like, keep going. Keep going after the Lord. Because you probably are fasting. You're probably pray, praying regularly. You're dialed in. Like, you're taking your faith and you're sharing it with other people. You're talking to, uh, to others about Jesus. And you're making disciples. You're not only just taking the things that he's pouring into you, but you're pouring that into others. Because that's exactly what Jesus told us to do. To go and to make disciples. And so we're, you're doing that. Like, you're doing that. So you're sharp. And, and you're pursuing. And, and, and that's incredible. But maybe, just maybe, if you were honest for a moment, you would take a step back and say, man, I have lost a little bit. So there might be a group of us where we've lost our spiritual edge. And so I just want to ask, like, where have you wavered? You know, where is it that the axe head kind of came off? And right now you just, you feel that, you feel lost. Maybe it's... It's just kind of happened because of the people you're spending time with. You're hanging out with people that they're persuading you to, to make decisions that you normally in the past wouldn't have made. It. And, and you used to hang out with people that, that are in like a connection group and you were dialed in and you had other spiritual people that, that you were looking to and, and you had relationship and so they were encouraging you. But now those have kind of phased out in your life and you are allowing yourself to make other decisions you know, with other people and or maybe you, you used to serve in a church. Maybe you used to serve in this church, and, and you were like, this is great, this is amazing, and then all of a sudden life gets too busy, right? Just we have so many things and so many stuff, and, and we kind of push that aside, and, and now you, you feel like you're missing something, and you're not quite sure what it is. And, and the reality is, is God designed us to be connected in the body of Christ and to serve together with each other. And, but unfortunately, right now, your life is all about you, and so you feel like you're missing something. You're missing that connectedness back to Christ and his body or Maybe it's you used to have this passion for prayer. You were a prayer. You love to pray. You love to talk with God. And, and it, that just has kind of dwindled a little bit. And that time or that, that prayer is not a priority for you. Or 
maybe you used to share your faith boldly. Uh, remember when, you, when you, if you're a Christian and, and you're following after Jesus, remember when that first happened and you were going, this is amazing. I've got to tell somebody. And, and you, it was like you would tell anybody, even the person walking their dog on the sidewalk. Like you're like, oh my gosh, like come on. And so, but now like that, it, there's not as much passion. And so you haven't really shared your faith uh, with anybody in quite a while. Uh, and so you've lost your spiritual edge. Or maybe just your standards have dropped a little bit. You used to live by a certain standard and have these spiritual disciplines. And, uh, but now you find yourself cutting corners in certain areas or skipping steps. And, and you would just admit that you're in a place in life right now that you didn't expect to be. And you're not quite sure how to get back. And so here's what I want to share with you. Maybe I gave you an example that resonates with you. Maybe you know and would admit that up front. But here's the reality. This can happen to all of us. Okay? This absolutely can happen to every single one of us in our spiritual life. Every single person. None of us are exempt. And, and the reality is, is it's because we face an enemy. The devil's goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. And so he's looking for any single way that he can cause us to get a little bit tired, a little bit dull, where instead of feeling like a sharp you know, axe that, that can cut through wood, we feel more like a butter knife trying to cut through metal, like we're just dull. And so, I mean, I, I, so the enemy's goal is to do that. And the same thing has happened to me. Like, none of us are exempt. I mean, there, there was, there's been multiple times in my life where I've dealt with this. Even just at, an, at a young age, I knew that I was called by God to do what I'm doing now. And I knew it. But I ran. Like, I ran from God, and I'm going, no way, no, nuh-uh. Like, I'm going to run far, and I'm going to run fast. But then after a period of time, like, just to be honest, I got tired of running. Like, I was, I just, like, my legs got tired, and I literally had this very candid conversation. I said, I'm done running. I was praying, I was talking to God, I'm like, I'm, I'm coming back, you know, and I, and I returned back to the Lord and, and began, you know, studying and, and being a theology student and, and pursuing my, my calling in ministry, and, uh, but, and, and God brought me to this place where I pastor and lead, and, and I, I mean, it's tough. Like, I ain't going to lie, being a lead pastor in church is challenging, and I know there's many of you where you say, like, man, I don't know how you do what you do, and it's challenging, right? And, and, but uh, even just recently... I went through a season of time where my spiritual passion just kind of was dissolving a little bit. It was being pushed aside, and, uh, and it waned, and so my prayer life was struggling. Uh, I wasn't diving into God's Word the way that I needed to, and just for me, not to preach on a Sunday, or, or, but like, like just for me, where God would speak to me and our connection, like that, that was, that was kind of being pushed aside, and I found myself being reliant on my own abilities and my own strength instead of allowing the Lord to do these things through me. And I would imagine that some of you probably can relate. Like you probably are, are maybe even in that place right now. And so you get it and you understand. And we didn't mean to lose our edge. I mean, right? We, that, that, that we, we love God. We're, we're pursuing after him. But we did. And we feel a little bit dull. And so we want to... to to stop drifting, we, we want to get back into praying, we want to, you know, to stop worrying so much about getting things in our life and possessions and really focusing on what God has in his kingdom, because that, that's the priority. So I want to ask you, like, where did the axe head come off? 
like for you, and, and maybe you're experiencing that, that now, because we need to get it back, right? We need to get sharpened again. And so how do we do that? Like, how do we get sharpened again? And so the first thing, like I, I just need every single one of us to just be honest about the fact about where we lost it, right? That's the first point. Where did we lose it? Where did it all come apart? So identify what that is, because in, in verse 6, Elisha said, he said, where did it fall, right? Okay, you came back to swing, and you know, there that bad boy goes. Where did it land? And so what about you? Where did you start to get off track? And you know it. You can go back in that day and that time, and you probably remember uh, maybe that season of life, and it's possible you know, when, when it was, if you're a single person and you started dating, you're like, oh my gosh, I want to start dating. You know, you meet him, you meet her, and, and you date, and you know, your relationship continues to grow, and, and then you find yourself making decisions that you didn't really want to make at the beginning of the relationship, or they're pressuring you to do certain things, and you're going, man, I just, this isn't what I, what I quite expected. Or maybe you took a certain job where you're going, I, I, I want to I pursue this career, I want to pursue this opportunity, and then you find like in the career, maybe the business that you're working in right now, that they're causing you to make decisions that aren't moral to you, and you know it, and you're having to compromise in areas, and, 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 and you, aren't, you aren't comfortable with that, but you've allowed it to slide, and you've pushed it aside, or maybe you just stopped living in the spiritual disciplines that you know you're supposed to do. Right? We know we're supposed to be connected and, and develop our, and grow our relationship with the Lord, but we've just stopped doing that. Maybe you used to be a, a giver, a tither, and focus on the Lord, but you just stopped, you, you know, and, and you're not taking that step, and you lost some worship, and, or maybe it's just the fact that you thought your secret that nobody else knows about wouldn't hurt anybody, and now you've come to realize that that secret's hurting you. And you don't feel connected to the Lord. You feel distant. You were hurt by somebody. I know for me, in my life, I just allowed the things of life to crowd out God. Uh, it, it actually is, is one of the examples of the parable of soils that, that Jesus teaches about, where the, the, the things of life, the busyness of life, are chasing after things causes us to, to push God aside, and, and, and I mean, I know what, where God is supposed to be and what my priorities are supposed to be like, but I just allowed you know, him to, to just kind of be pushed out. I got out of my routine. It's just the reality. There's no other way to describe it. There's no excuse other than I just simply got out of my routine of being dialed in, and there were other things that I focused on instead of being with him, and so we need to be honest about where we lost it, right? We've got to do that. And then with God's help, the thing that's amazing, the second point is we can take back what we lost, right? I mean, in that verse, he goes, hey, where did it fall? Where did you lose it? Elisha asked. And so he showed him the place, and Elisha cuts a stick, throws it in the water at that spot, and the axe head floated to the surface, and he goes, grab it. Elisha said, and the man reached out, and he grabbed it. And so last week... Uh, I shared that the limitations on God and the miracles that he can perform are only limited by us. I, I, I shared the fact that God literally can do anything, okay? 
God can do anything that he wants to. He can speak things into existence. He can make an axe head rise to the surface of the water if he wants to. He can do that. But when we start to limit him, we're the one that put the constraints on him. And so the reason I want to bring that up again is because what that means to me is it's not him. It's us. If there's things that aren't happening or we got a little bit dull, that's on us. If we don't have enough faith to believe for the axe head to rise to the surface, that's on us, because he is more than capable to do those things. And so let me just share with you an encouraging verse in 2 Samuel 22 that talks about God. It says, for who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? God is my strong fortress, and he makes my way perfect. I mean, look at some of those things. Who else out there can give us the fulfillment that we long for and desire. I mean, we've tried money, we've tried sex, we've tried business, we've tried overworking, we've tried chasing other gods, other religions, other considerations, only to find ourselves probably feeling worse off than when we went on that journey. So who else is there except God? He's the one, like he's the source, he's the solution, he's the solid rock, he's the strong fortress. And so I believe that the things of the Lord are often right in front of us, like he's right there and just sometimes we don't see him, we don't acknowledge him for who he is, we don't want to press in and so we just, we get to this place where we need to reach out and grab it. I mean, I I was, like, Elisha could have grab the axe head. I mean, come on, let's be honest. Like, he threw the stick. He's like, hey, here you go. Like, and he's going to grab it and give it to him. But he didn't do that. He's like, you go get it. And I believe that's very significant for us because there is an aspect of action to our faith where it's like, you and I, we've got to go grab it. We've got to go after the miracle that the Lord has brought in our life because he's called us and he's doing amazing things but the axe head has risen to the surface, and so we've got to reach out. Like, that's on us. And so maybe, just maybe, you feel like you're, you're struggling with that, and you're dealing with issues, and, and maybe you feel like you've gone too far, like you're too far away from the Lord. I believe that that's actually the devil saying those things to you, because he doesn't want you to turn around. He doesn't want you to go, yep, I've gone too far. I need to go back. He wants you to continue running until you wear yourself out and you wear yourself thin. And and then he'll even drive you deeper if you'll let him. I feel like God in who he is, he's going, come on back. Let's go. I never left. I just, I know my God and who he is, and he is a God of restoration. And so it's never too late. Like, it's never too late to to turn back to the Lord. You've never gone too far. And so I just, I feel like there might be some of you that you need to hear that because you go, oh man, I never could because of all the things that I've done. And, And it might be a long list and I get it, but that's not what the Lord says to us. The enemy is laying that list because he wants the shame and the guilt to keep you as far as, as, as he can from you. And so God specializes in getting back what we didn't mean to lose. And so you got to grab it. you got to get back. And, and so we do what we can do, and then we let God do the, the things that only he can do. 
I mean, we can't do it all. I mean, there's steps that we can take, but there's things where he will step in, and he wants to do that. Like, just to be honest, we can't create spiritual passion. Uh, like the, but there are things that we can do to put ourselves in a place where we meet God, to pray, to read, to worship, to sing. Like, we put ourselves in his presence, and then he pours out his spirit in his presence, in his manifest presence at certain times. But he responds in that way when we do that. But we put ourselves in the place where we can get it. In Romans 10, it talks about this very much, where it says, so faith comes from hearing. And, that, and that's hearing the good news about Christ. And so we can develop our faith, our faith can grow by literally hearing God's word and, and reading about Jesus and understanding who Jesus is and what he did. So maybe, just maybe, if your faith is small or weak or, in, or not existent at all, maybe you need to pull out your, your Bible and open up to the, the gospel of John and just start reading it and reading it out loud. Like, just read it out loud so that way you can hear, it can saturate your mind and your thoughts and your emotions, and your spiritual life can continue to, to bolster where you're hearing and listening to God's word, just so that will increase our faith. And so we can worship and pray even when we don't feel like it. I mean, that's the reality. Even when our circumstances are pushing us away, we can decide to have that discipline and go to that place to seek him and find him, because he will be found when we pursue after him. Because if you've lost your spiritual edge, just like I did, I mean, that's on us. That's not on God. And in fact, there's another passage of scripture that's very confronting about this. It's in the book of Revelation. When John was writing to specific churches, he said in, in chapter 2, verse 4, he says, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from among its place among the churches. And so this was my story, right? This was, I had lost my dependency on, to deny other than this is the reality. I had lost my passion. I had lost my dependency on God. I was working out of my own strength. And so what I started doing when I recognized that and I'm going, I can't do it. Like, this isn't working. I, what I did is I started going back to the things that I knew. I'm, I'm a little bit of a morning person, so I like to get up. And so I used to get up early and pray, like just in my bedroom, and, and I stopped doing that. And so I started doing it again. And, so, and, then, and then the times when I would get to the office, uh, there were times where I would literally, I would go in my office and I would sit down on the floor. Uh, in my office, and I would pretend that God was sitting in, in my office chair at my desk. And, you know, and I would just sit there, and, and I would, as long as I needed to, I would just pray. And I would pretend like I'm the son, and he's the dad. I would pretend like, no, 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 I'm your servant, and you're really the boss, and, and you're in charge, and I want, I want this again. And so I would sit in the office, and I can only imagine what the staff were thinking. They would come in. They're like, the lights are on, but I don't see anybody. Like, I can only imagine what they were thinking, but I was down on the floor. Just sitting there, you know, knees to my chest, just tucked in, just because I needed it. Like, I needed to be in that place to do what was necessary. And so I recommitted. I knew that I couldn't make it on my own. And I want to tell you, neither can you. You can't make it on your own. And so maybe, just maybe, you got to curl up in a ball in the corner in your bedroom. I don't know what it is for you, but it's probably something where you're praying, reading scripture, fasting, serving, tithing, like something bolstering your faith 
that where God, like, it's our step. It's us reaching out to grab it. And God meets us in that place, and that's amazing because he is a God of restoration. And so we've got to stay humble. We've got to stay reliant upon Jesus alone. And I love this. There's a passage of scripture that, that says, like, what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn around and use for good. And some of you, that might even be one of your favorite verses. And I absolutely believe that. So no matter how far you think you've gone or how far you think you've traveled or the things that you've done that, that you can't, that it absolutely is not true. God can take those things and turn them around. And he wants to use them and change us and restore us. But we've got to be pliable. We've got to be willing to, to get on, on the stone and, and, and be sharpened, right? Be sharpened on our acts. And that's incredible. And so I just, I'm praying and believing that we will experience the divine breakthrough that God has for us. And the best way that I know to do that, to lead us in that as a church, is to take communion together. And so for us here at Grace Church, if you believe in Jesus as God's son and you've committed your life to, to follow after him, you are welcome to, to take communion with us. And so this is a great, incredible way for us to reconnect with the Lord, regardless of where we're at. And so if you came into the auditorium, maybe you grabbed one of these. If you don't yet have one and you would like some communion elements, if you could just slip your hand up in the air, our ushers would be glad to serve you. They'll bring you some communion elements. Because here at Grace, you know, when we read when Jesus was teaching with his disciples, he, he, they were actually partaking in the Last Supper. Uh, and so they, they, were, they were remembering the Passover. And so it was when the, when the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt and God leads them out. There's a, a, some specific things in the Passover meal that they would do and partake in together. Well, they, they were doing that, but Jesus said, hold on a second. There's something else going on. There's something else even more significant that you need to be aware of. And so what he did is, is he took some bread that was at the table. And if you have your communion elements, you can go ahead and take the bread out and, and hold it in your hand because Jesus had the bread and, and, and he was talking about the bread, but he was talking about himself. He goes, this is my body. This is my body. And, and in John, he talked about that he's the bread of life. And so Jesus gives us the life that we long for because he is the perfect sacrifice. He laid his life down, his body, for us. He died on the cross. He took nails in his hands and in his feet. He was beaten and mocked and ridiculed. And he didn't deserve it. He had done nothing wrong. And in just a moment, we'll pray for the elements and we'll partake them together. But after he was talking about the bread, he, he picked up a chalice of wine and, and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. And, and so all the people that were there, they understood the old covenant. And he was going, no, 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 no. There's going to be a new covenant. And this blood is, or this, this wine is my, it represents my blood. It's going to be spilled out for the forgiveness of your sins. And, and Jesus says, every time that you take communion, do not take it lightly. But we need to understand the magnitude. And so to me, I mean, it's somebody's life on the line. He laid it down and he is God's son and he's perfect in every way so that we could know him and follow him, so that we could be forgiven and restored. And so let's put our hearts, our minds, our spirit in the right place before we take communion. And so God, we come before you. Father, thank you so much for your presence. Thank you for your spirit that you speak to us. Lord, thank you for this, this example of a miracle that, that we read, and, and we know it's true. It's, re, it's reality. I can only imagine that young man, as he watched the axe head float back to the surface, 
what, what he experienced. And Lord, we want undeniable miracles like that in our life. God, I pray right now that through your supernatural power, your Holy Spirit, that that, that would rise inside of us, that we would find ourselves talking to people, that we would be willing to pray, that we would lay hands on sick and see them recovered. God, that you would do amazing, miraculous things in your power because you are more than capable. Lord, that we might see those things. So encourage our faith that we might have a spark that turns into a flame, that turns into a bonfire, that, that just rages inside of us. And it's you and it's your presence like never before. Lord, that we would be sharpened for you. And so, Father, I pray blessings over these elements. I commit them unto you. We recognize Jesus, your sacrifice, your life, your perfection, your willingness to die for us. And so we ask for forgiveness where we've wronged you, where we've gone in a a direction that we didn't want to go. And right now, we turn around and we come back. And we commit our lives to you. In your name we pray. Take and eat Christ's body.